Good evening, everybody out there in Red Raider Nation. This is Joe with the Cotton Club crew coming to you on this June 1st, 2023. And if you happen to be in the Lubbock or the Panhandle or West Texas, you know, a little, a little wet over these last couple of days. And, you know, if you're out there traveling and things like that, be safe on the road out there. I know there's been some some road closures and things like that all across the South Plains. So if you're out there listening, be careful on those on those roads and take care. This is the second episode of What's Happening with Joe or What's Up with Joe. I'm not exactly sure how we we framed it the last time, but I'm riding solo this evening. Um, a lot of the guys are, you know, doing their own thing as far as it pertains to work and traveling. I believe one of our guys is outside of the country right now. So I'm, I'm coming at you solo this evening. I'm just going to go kind of briefly over the, um, NCAA tournament as far as it, as it pertains to the Big 12 schools that are inside, um, the tournament, give kind of some, some perspective, some information on some of these other teams that that are playing the teams in the Big 12 and kind of give my, my day one predictions for, for the Big 12 going into tomorrow's games. So without further ado, let's go on and get into this because there's some good stats here, some really eye popping stats that I'm kind of going to go over with you guys. Just, you know, just, just to kind of put it out there because I'm not exactly sure if it's all been put out there as far as the rest of the Big 12 goes. I know as it pertains to Texas Tech, what UConn brings to the table, what tech brings to the table as far as that. I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty of, of, um, voices out there kind of saying, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly kind of with Texas tech and, you know, the things that UConn was able to do this year. Um, I'll kind of touch on the tech UConn matchup, um, in the Florida Gainesville last because, you know, that's what we do here. We save the best for last. I don't care what anybody else says. It's tech and everybody else. So let's just get into this. Um, right now, I'm going to go ahead and start with the only Big 12 school um, that is going to be hosting their regional, and that's going to be Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had coming off of a 41-18 and 18, um, regular season, 25-7 um, and seven at home. They lost in the Big 12 championship to um, TCU, who kind of got on a hot streak there. And they're the only Big 12 team that gets to host this year. So they have a Oral Roberts team that is coming in, and they have a chip on their shoulder. They're 46-11, and 11, which is nothing to slouch at. They're 18-6 and six on the road, 5-1 and one on neutral site games. So they're a team that, you know, does – does very well away from home and that's that's going to have to carry over if they want to kind of come out of this region and and take it from Oklahoma State in this first game things that Oral Roberts kind of has going for them their team ERA on the pitching staff side is a 3.6 which is one of the best in the nation they get players out they Hold teams down. I mean, that's as solid as it gets. 3.6 in the nation or 3.6 as a team. I believe it's somewhere top five in the nation as far as pitching staff goes. So if that pitching staff, 
you know, does and holds suit to what they've done over this year, I, I say that they could give Oklahoma State a run for their money in this first game. You know, baseball's a weird and weird sport, I guess, in some ways that you get on those certain hot streaks and things like that. I mean, you can come out of these games a winner whenever you are probably the underdog going into this, which they will be. Granted, they have a solid resume. They have the wins. They don't have really the losses. And they play very well on the road. So they have a team batting average over 300. Um, the team ERA is a 3-6. And they have all the makings to go into Stillwater and take a game from Oklahoma State. Maybe even take the regional. Too early to call on that. But, you know, we'll see. You know how baseball gets. So... Um, that Oral Roberts Oklahoma State is going to be a good series, or at least the first game going into that regional is going to be good there. And, you know, I think that Oral Roberts does have the makings to take that away from Oklahoma State. Not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. So we'll just see what happens there. That is the Stillwater Regional Oklahoma State. We will go ahead and cross that one off our list. And let's go ahead and jump into the TCU Arizona series. That is the, the Fayetteville Regional. Arkansas is going to be the host, host there, which is a pretty damn good team there. If you've been watching baseball this year, um, TCU coming off of their, their big, big 12 championship tournament win, won six straight going into that last final game with Oklahoma State in the championship game. They they finished off K-State two of the last regular season games, and then they they kick off four straight wins there in Arlington. And, you know, this team is is pretty pretty stacked. I mean, they're playing really hot right now. A lot of teams that have been playing in the Big 12, you know, they've kind of had their roller coaster kind of deals, you know, a lot of ups, lots of downs. TCU's kind of head, held steady there. They haven't necessarily knocked out 15 games in a row and then go on a seven-game losing streak. They're just a team that's been kind of holding steady. They did not win the outright Big 12 title during the season, but they did ultimately win that Big 12 tournament. And that takes nothing but huge, huge confidence for this team moving forward and hoping to get out of that Fayetteville Regional. They will be taking on a team from Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats. They are a good, solid team, also are having a record of 33-24, and 24, which isn't really anything that's just like, wow, 33-24, and 24, that's a hell of a ball team there. You know, they, they've struggled away from, from Tucson. They are 4-14 and 14 away from Tucson. That's brutal. And I'm not, and I say that knowing how bad tech has been on the road as well. And that's really nothing to, nothing for us to be bragging about, to be completely honest. So they are four and 14 on the road, six and two in neutral site games. So, I mean, the possibility is there. They do have some suspect pitching at, at times. And then at some times they have to, um, their batters need to make the TCU pitchers work. The Arizona batters have have drawn tons and tons of walks this year, and they hold a team batting average of over 320. And that's pretty solid for a team 
you know, with that kind of record that they're still kind of putting up those numbers. They're like I said before, their pitching is kind of suspect. It's kind of, I mean, don't mean to reference tech here, but their pitching is kind of, you know, kind of, we could probably relate a whole lot of their woes have come on the pitching side. Their offense has kind of carried them on um, to a lot of victories here, but you know, more of the lagging on the back end with the pitching side. So Arizona has a, a tough task if they want to get out of game one against TCU. Obviously, they're in Fayetteville. Fort Worth is relatively close to Fayetteville as opposed to Arizona, so I expect to probably see quite a bit of TCU fans out there at this ball game. And who knows, we may get a, a TCU-Arkansas final in that regional. And, I mean, that's not anything bad. TCU, granted, this was early, early in the season, I think somewhere in the – in the first five games that TCU and Arkansas actually got together and TCU ended up coming out of that game with the W. So it'd be really good to see them back at it for that, for that regional. I still think Arkansas is just the better team than all the rest hands down in the regional. So I do see them winning the, the series or the region there and moving forward. But, you know, TCU, like I said, they're on that, they kind of have that hot hand. So what, We'll just see what they do moving forward, but they obviously have to take care of business against Arizona first. And if they're able to get on that, on that pitching early, I expect um, this to be a potentially, if TCU continues playing like they're playing, a potential, you know, run rule kind of situation because they've been that kind of team whenever they've gotten hot at the right time. So, um, TCU, Arizona, Fayetteville regional tomorrow should be a good one. If, if Arizona's pitching is able to slow or actually kind of hold, hold them in the game. But if TCU gets on them early, like I said, I believe that's, that one's going to be, be called fairly quickly there. So, so that takes care of our Fayetteville regional TCU. Let's just go ahead and cross that bad boy off the mark here. And let's go ahead and let's jump into the Charlottesville Regional. And that would be Virginia is the host team. Oklahoma versus East Carolina. This easily could have been Kansas State versus East Carolina. I have kind of called in an earlier podcast on Sunday, I believe, that, you know, one of these teams was going to be left out. I didn't know exactly who it was going to be, possibly Kansas State, possibly Oklahoma. There was cases for both one way here, one way there. And ultimately, they gave the nod to Oklahoma there. So Oklahoma travels to Charlottesville, Virginia, to take on a solid, and I mean a solid, East Carolina team. Sitting at 45 and 17 on the year, they play... They're 12 and 9 away from home and 4 and 3 on neutral site games. They have solid pitching top to bottom. They do have a couple guys here that have started, um, six, 15 plus games and, you know, innings pitched, ERAs slightly down sub four, which is pretty solid at a collegiate level with that many innings pitched. And they have solid team hitting all the way around. So it doesn't really, bode well for the Sooners in this matchup. I mean, it's a possibility that they do ultimately win. 
Oklahoma that is, just because they've actually played the tougher schedule. But East Carolina's a better baseball team here. I, like I said, I don't foresee Oklahoma coming out of game one here with a victory. It potentially could be one of those two quick losses and you're back in, in Norman, you know, preparing yourself for next year. So we'll just kind of see what Oklahoma did there. You know, they kind of limped into the, limped into the uh, NCAA tournament. They were right there on that fringe. They ultimately did get in. They did get the call. And maybe they'll do something with it. I mean, they did play some really good games. They did beat Oklahoma State in the um, Big 12 tournament. They almost beat Texas Tech if they wouldn't have fallen apart there late. And a bunch of Tech heroics there. They would just, you know, it things things happen like that sometimes. And it just didn't go their way. So... And then they ultimately went back and lost to Oklahoma State and to be eliminated from the Big 12 tournament. So they've played some really good baseball teams all season long. They've been competitive. They've won some games that were kind of on the fringe there of not being able to win and things like that. And they've held their own. So, I mean, they're coming out of the Big 12. The Big 12 was stacked, not as stacked as the SEC you know, as far as tournament, tournament teams go, but they were, you know, the big 12 did very well. You know, we have six teams in, so we did pretty good there. Um, but I just think that on paper, what, how the teams are playing right now, I believe East Carolina is going to take this first game from Oklahoma and then whatever happens to Oklahoma after that, you know, it's kind of a toss up, just like some of the previous games, you know, just, it just depends on what ball team you get there. East Carolina, Oklahoma, Charlottesville regional for Virginia. I call East Carolina winning this game. I think Oklahoma is going to put up a fight, but I have East Carolina taking game one versus Oklahoma and then Oklahoma moving into the losers bracket and just, you know, kind of faring from there. Could be a short weekend for the Sooners, but only time will tell there. So let's go ahead. Oklahoma, East Carolina, Charlottesville off of the list. What do we want to get into next? Texas, Louisiana, West Virginia, Indiana. Let's go Texas, Louisiana, which is a very, very interesting matchup game one. Um, Texas. Holding a 38 and 20 record, Louisiana a 40 and 22 record. The Ragin' Cajun are 12 and 10 away from home, four and three on neutral sites. The Longhorns are 10 and seven on away from Austin and zero and five on neutral sites this year. So I mean that kind of you know is a telltale sign and like i mentioned earlier you know a couple big 12 teams that have had that roller coaster season texas is one of them they got hot they started off cold got hot got ranked then they kind of leveled themselves out then they started winning games again enough to have the a co big 12 championship kind of trophy deal and then they lose two straight in the big 12 tournament which a lot of people called them winning the Big 12 tournament because they had been playing that well going into the tournament itself, and then they kind of just tripped and fell on their faces there, which happens in baseball. That's just how this season has played out for Tech. 
This is how it's played out for Texas. It's played out like this for a lot of teams around the country. So things like that happen. So this is more telling on what we're going to get or which Texas team is going to show up in Miami in the Coral Gables region. A very, very interesting stat that I have here for the Raging Cajun. They have 161 stolen bases on the year. Let me repeat. 161 stolen bases on the year. Wow. 62 games. You guys do the math because I suck at math. But they're running. They're running, they're running, and they keep on running. And they do it at a pretty high rate as far as not being caught. So I think this is going to be one of those those X factors, if you want to call it an X factor in this first game for the Longhorns, that could potentially play a role in how this game, you know, is ultimately decided. You have a team that that doesn't steal as much, and then you have this Louisiana team. I mean, granted, there's not really a team that Texas could kind of compare this to. I believe in the Big 12 the team that had the most steals was TCU at 110 to 120, somewhere in that area. I wrote it down somewhere, but I guess I didn't have it here with the notes that I have here. But that's the tops in the Big 12. And you have another team here that has 40 more steals on the season than them. So this team, once they get on base, plan on seeing some people moving from first to third, Second to third, you know, they're going to kind of push that on the Longhorns for the Longhorns to essentially have to play perfect on the defense side of the ball. You know, if they start getting in their heads there, Louisiana starts running. I mean, this could be a, a early, early loss for the Longhorns in this regional. Not saying it is going to happen because, you know, there's a lot of baseball to be played, but on paper there, you know, that stat kind of speaks for itself. I mean, that is a absolutely terrifying stat in to degree. I mean, you get on base and you're already, you should already be prepared to be looking over your shoulder as a pitcher because these guys are running. And then now, now they start taking their, their focus off the batter and then you're just going to follow into the Raging Cajuns hands because they hit for power. They're hitting over 300. They have a couple guys with 10 plus home runs on the year. I mean, they put, they, they hit the ball well as, as any team out there that Texas has seen. So this is a toss up for me. I believe Louisiana has enough to win game one here. As far as the regional goes, I'm not exactly sure. And with Texas, you know, riding that up and down kind of streak, you know, they were hot going into the tournament, got booted quick from the tournament. Maybe that gave them a chip on their shoulder. Who knows? You know, it left them a bad taste in their mouth. <coughs> Excuse me. And see what happens. Excuse me, I need to take a drink. My My mouth is getting a little dry. Give me one second. So, I mean... With the Texas-Louisiana game, it's, like I said, it just depends on what Texas team shows up, what they do on the on the baseball side, I mean, I'm sorry, on the batting side, and then what they do on the pitching side. If Louisiana's speed and running ultimately gets in the head of the Longhorns, 
I mean, who knows? I mean, it's a clear toss-up. Texas is a good baseball team, and when they're hot, they're hot, and when they're not, they're not. So I guess we'll kind of see what happens there, and we'll kind of we'll kind of keep moving forward there. <coughs> Excuse me, man, my allergies are killing me. All this rain here in the area is just kind of worn down on me. So excuse me for all of that. So Texas versus Louisiana in the Miami regional, you know, I, I think it's a toss up. I think Louisiana has all the makings there to beat the Longhorns game one, but we'll just have to wait and see, you know, whenever these two teams line up, I hope I'll be able to watch this, but I mean, I'm not sure if I'll actually have time to watch this given what I have going on tomorrow, but I would like to see it. I would like to see if Louisiana, obviously, stealing bases is their calling card, and that's what they do. And maybe they use it to their advantage. We'll just, we'll just, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. But it's as good as a, a matchup as you could find on paper, you know, just two polar opposite in how how the games are played between both of these teams. And, you know, Louisiana's a hot team. 40 and 22 is nothing to slouch at. And they play away from home. They play pretty solid on neutral site. So I expect this game to be close and potentially Louisiana coming out game one with a W in the Miami Regional. So we'll see what happens there. But like I said, it just depends on what Texas team decides to show up. That takes us to the Lexington, Kentucky Regional. Where our friends from West Virginia are going to play the Indiana Hoosiers. Typically known as a basketball school, but this year they are playing baseball and they're playing some damn good baseball. The Indiana Hoosier baseball team is 41 and 18, while the West Virginia Mountaineers are 39 and 18, which is not that's not bad either, you know, if they hadn't lost and got booted from the Big 12 tournament so quick, that number could be higher. Their their records could potentially be the exact same. You know, we'll just kind of see what West Virginia team comes out and plays here. West Virginia, as we all know and all we've talked about, they were a dark horse up until about a month and a half ago. They started playing good. They were the most consistent team. In the Big 12, they climbed all the way to the top of the Big 12, and they looked like they were going to take that regular season crown. And then they take two out of three versus Tech, then travel to Austin for three straight, and they lay an egg, losing three straight there, and then going into the Big 12 tournament, and then losing two more straight. So this team is currently on a five-game losing streak going up against a hot Indiana team who, like I said, is 41 and 18, 13 and 11 on the road, two and three neutral site games. Um, they are not a really aggressive team in comparison to the stat that I just gave you with the Louisiana baseball team. Um, they do not steal a lot, They are, but they do hit the ball very well. They draw tons of walks. They have a team batting average of over 300, and they're good. I mean, they're a sound team, fielding percentage is solid. 
ERA for the team is, you know, I guess middle of the pack in a sense, a four or five-ish range. And, you know, but like I said, they have a lot of firepower on the batting side that has kept them in quite a bit of games. But they do have a couple of pitchers there that do have sub three ERAs and have pitched a lot of innings and a lot of games. So it just, I don't really like to say that, you know, it depends on which West Virginia team we get here. But who knows, that early exit from the Big 12 tournament could have added a chip to their shoulder. Maybe they're not wanting to to make an early exit in the NCAA tournament like they did in the Big 12 tournament. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. But I think West Virginia could has the better overall talent on the baseball field. Now, does that always, you know, go across and, you know, turn into something that Indiana can't handle? I don't think so in this situation. I believe Indiana has all the power in the world to take this first game from West Virginia and then move forward to potentially playing Kentucky in that second round there. But I have, <clears throat> I have Indiana winning this game. If West Virginia doesn't set the tempo early, then I have it as a really close game. But I do think Indiana has more than enough to put, <coughs> excuse me, to put the Mountaineers away in game one in Lexington. But it's two good ball teams. Um, overall, obviously Indiana is a little bit hotter team right now than West Virginia. But we'll see. You know, I think that, like I said, West Virginia has the makings to make a run. They're that, they're that talented as well. You know, so, and I can't forget what they've done already in the Big 12 and once they've gotten on that hot streak, what they're capable of doing. So, you know, not all bets are off here. I'm not saying that West Virginia is a terrible team and I'm not saying, you know, given their five game losing streak, they're still not a, a scary team because they still are a scary team and they could easily I wouldn't say easily, let me rephrase that. I would say they have all the makings to take this regional um, from Kentucky. Is that going to happen? Probably not, but is it possible? Well, yeah, because they have that kind of talent on, on their baseball team. So that leaves us with one last regional to talk about, and that's the Florida regional down in Gainesville where our Texas Tech Red Raiders will play the Yukon Huskies, the 43-15 and 15 Yukon Huskies, the Huskies that are 18-17 and 17 away from home and 7-4 and four in neutral site games this year. They have a team batting average of 306, which is, you know, Pretty damn close to what Tech's batting average is. They have a set of five guys that that could really hurt you. Um, Studley, Huber, Freeburger, I believe that's right, Free Derek or something like that, Freeburger, Smith, and Broadhurst. Those five guys all have over 300 batting averages, all have played in over 40-plus games this year. All guys who put the ball in play and all guys with, you know, they do, one of them strikes out a little bit more frequently than the others, kind of like their version of our Gavin Cat. And, <coughs> excuse me, I feel that 
they have all the makings and to easily compete with Florida. Maybe not easily, but they could compete with Florida if they continue playing baseball like they do. Like I said, they have also a thing that's going for them, 118 stolen bases on the year. So whoever we have back behind the plate needs to be ready, needs to know that stat. Obviously, that's a stat that, you know, carries a lot of water there. So whether it is going to be um, Hudson White back there or Maxi, whoever Tadlock decides to give the start to back there, you know, they they have to be ready because these guys they snag bases, you know, and if we're if we're not if our pitchers do not keep these guys on base or at least keep them, you know, close to the base, you know, these guys are gonna run and they're gonna make us have to play and, and throw these guys out. So that's one thing that UConn kind of brings to the table that Tech hasn't seen a whole, whole lot of this year. They did see TCU earlier this year, and like I alluded to earlier, I believe they had the most steals in the Big 12 this year. So, I mean, they've dealt with teams that do steal a lot, but, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, you know, especially if, I mean, it, you think about it, you get a guy on base, and then you just have them just jumping around there. Just, you know, it almost seems like a little league kind of deal. You know, you're just, just a big distraction. And then that causes a bad pitch, wild pitch, which, you know, unfortunately, as us Tech fans have seen, you know, a lot of those balls have got past some of our catchers at times. And, you know, that things like that could change ball games. you know, one run, two runs, and then it kind of just, it kind of just spills over. So Tech needs to be super conscious of of the UConn guys once they're on base. And then and then they have to do what they do. You know, obviously we all know what Tech does batting. We all know the guys who crush the ball. We all know the guys who get on. We all know, you know, we all know, you know, that's this is our bread and butter. This offensively is our bread and butter. We need, so moving forward, if we want to come out of game one against a very solid UConn team, we're going to need to strike early because their pitching isn't great. They have four, uh, team ERA of between four and five there. So, I mean, they're not actually world beaters on the pitching side. They're not any much better than Texas Tech. So if we get on them early, I expect us to win this game. But if we have a slow start or something that lulls, I believe Connecticut could take game one and put Tech in a losing bracket and potentially have Tech coming home early. And then that's when a lot of a whole nother set of questions um, could potentially start to get asked as far as coaching staff, as far as kids transferring out and what we're losing as far as graduates. I mean, there's so much out there to talk about if this is an early exit for the Red Raiders. I don't believe it's going to be an early exit. I do think they can beat UConn, but they obviously there's two things that we have to do very, very well. We have to hit the ball. We can't let our bats go silent like they did last year and then our pitching kind of carry us. You know, we have to continue doing what Texas Tech does. That's hitting the ball hard putting the ball in play and putting runs up on the board to alleviate the pressure on our pitchers. Because the other, 
The other key to this game is I believe Mason Molina is going to get the start here. Obviously, he's going to be your most consistent pitcher from the starting aspect, and he's going to be your best pitching starter that we've had over the last three to five games that he's actually started. He's he's pitched very well. He pitched very well against Kansas. He pitched very well in that first game versus West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. I mean, he could keep us in this game. As long as he keeps that consistency up, he keeps that mentality that he can't be touched. I know he kind of got off to a little slow start in the Big 12 tournament against West Virginia, but he closed that game out. I mean, he pitched another gym. You know, it wasn't one of those 12K kind of gyms. It was just, hey, I did enough to win the game, and Tech did win that game. I mean, he just kept his pitch count low, which I think he's going to need to do with this UConn bats that he's facing. He's going to have to keep his pitch count low. He's going to have to keep the the walks low. And he's going to have to keep these runners honest when they're on the base pass because, you know, like I said before, UConn likes to steal bases. So um, Tech needs to get on these guys early to at least advance, you know, pass or to play essentially more than two games, which I think they have the firepower to do it. I believe Molina's been pitching – good enough over the last couple, you know, like I said, he's, he's your guy. And once we kind of get into our bullpen, that kind of brings up other questions, but we need Molina. Here's my call for this. At least we give Molina at least five innings pitched, um, sub two runs scored. And that's either earned run or not earned, whatever the case may be. And let's see. Low pitch count, five innings. You give the ball to a Brandon Beckel maybe or a Ryan Free kind of out of the bullpen, you know, you win this game. Now, I don't know if they're going to try and save Beckel for game two just in case um, or if or what Tadlock's plan is moving forward. I mean, I guess it, it's a toss-up. I would assume that it's going to be something familiar to the Big 12 tournament on how we saw um, him use our pitching staff. So maybe we see a Molina and then a Beckle tomorrow to close out our, our game and hopefully lead us to a game one victory in the Florida region to essentially have a have a date with the Gators. Second overall seed in the tournament, you know. Let's just see what we have. I mean, there's no better way to find out who you are on a baseball team than be put up with the best. And at earlier on, I was kind of like worried about some of these teams, you know, the Baton Rouge, the LSUs, the Razorbacks kind of teams, the Wake Forest. And you know, this is, this is a bunch of character building for this young tech team. I think this would help them tons moving forward in the tournament. And moving forward towards next year, if we are able to put up a good showing here in this regional. Now, do I know that's going to happen? No. But we do have the team to do it. We have the firepower, obviously, to do it. We could play with anybody when we're swinging the bats hot. So if Tech comes out, strikes early, Molina pitches solid. Not perfect, but solid. You know, just a good... Quality start kind of game. I see Tech beating a very good UConn team tomorrow afternoon in Gainesville. 
So we'll just kind of see what happens there. Um, I hope, I hope tech finds, finds that groove because whenever they're on pitching staff and batting, like I said, we could play with anybody in the nation. There's nobody that this, this baseball team can't play with, but with such, with such inconsistencies on the baseball side of it, you know, it's kind of one of those deals. You're kind of on the edge of your seat. You don't want to get overly hyped, especially if they start playing good game one, because, and then, you know, in tip, typical tech fashion, you know, a letdown. And then, you know, we're kind of just in that, in that, in that bag of emotions because you don't know exactly what you're going to be feeling. You want to feel happiness. You want to, you'll feel sadness. You'll, you'll be questioning yourself a lot. Like, why was this done? Or why was that done? You know, we'll never know because we're obviously not the coaching staff of this baseball team, but you know, that's also one of the great things about being a fan is, I mean, if you didn't feel anything, then what are you even doing? Whether it's happiness or sadness with a sports team, that means you're just passionate about it. There's just nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's just from a fan's perspective. So, like I said, that's kind of my brief rundown of, of all the Big 12 tournament, um, NCAA tournament games that are going on tomorrow, um, across, across the United States, you know, and, We'll see what happens. I mean, maybe the Big 12 puts up a good showing. You have Texas beating a good Louisiana team. You have TCU beating a, a solid Arizona team. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I guess, would be the biggest surprise if they were actually to knock off East Carolina. But, you know, who knows? I mean, they did come out and beat Oklahoma State in game one of the Big 12 tournament. So, I mean, they, I mean, there's a lot of shockers out there. So, I guess we'll see what happens. But this is that, this is that good time. This is that great feeling time. We're in the postseason. Now, you know, kind of everything that we've done up into this point doesn't even really matter anymore because what matters is from here on out. So having said that, I think I may go ahead and call this recording to an end. It was great talking to all you guys this evening, wherever you're at. Near, far from Lubbock, you know, Red Nation, Red Raider Nation, all out there. It was a pleasure talking to you guys about the NCAA tournament. I look forward to talking to you guys soon again about, you know, potentially winning two games and maybe potentially, you know, going to the regional final. You know, we'll just see kind of what happens over these next couple of days. I expect it to be fun. You know, there could be upsets out there because that's, that's sports, you know, and baseball is one of those team sports where it doesn't really matter. Sometimes the, the better team on paper doesn't always come out on top, which is great because it's a team sport, the, a full on team sport, you know, not just one guy is going to win it for you every night. It's always going to have to be a collect, collective effort across the board. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. So Red Raider Nation, I bid you farewell for the evening and hope to talk to you guys soon, maybe with more of the group here, get some other insights, some other things that I may or may have not missed, some questions asked. You know, we'll kind of just go from there. This is obviously we're getting into our slower time. 
But, you know, we're going to make it work because that's just what we do here. So, once again, good evening or good night to all of Red Raider Nation out there. Have a good rest of the week, which is a Friday tomorrow and going into the weekend. Take care, stay safe, and wreck them.